Pickaxe. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We are a video game radio show in our 17th year. I think we're entitled to call ourselves the world's longest running video game radio show. My name is Steve Curran. Hello, I am Simon Byron. How are you, Simon? I'm all right, actually. I'm a little bit flustered, but given that uh, just before we started recording, you... um you highlighted some audio issues with, uh, with my previous <laughs> recordings and said that the listeners could hear me clicking around, which, uh, you know, is, is, part of, is part of my job. I'm, I'm looking at news and, you know, fact-checking. Is Ready Player One a book, for example? Mm. Obviously, You had a correction, didn't you? I did didn't have a you? correction. I know Ready Player One's a book. <laughs> I started to read it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I am all right. It's been a busy week. January feels like it's started now. So, yeah, uh, work has kicked in. And, okay. Uh, Are the students behaving themselves? Oh, that bit of work has definitely not kicked in yet. But uh, <laughs> other bits of work have. And, uh, yeah, it feels it feels like we're in 2021 now rather than a 2020 hangover. What, what else are you doing? Though? What else are you up to? Can't talk about it, Simon. Can't talk about you it. Can do. Video game stuff. No, just... you can do. It's just that you're choosing not to. We've uh, we've established <laughs> this before, haven't we? Okay. What do you do? Some secret things, are you? I sometimes work with video game companies on on uh, on projects on you know a bit of creative direction, a bit of design. Bit After of seventeen kind of years, you tell me this. <laughs> After seventeen years, you don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good then. Is it interesting stuff? It's always interesting stuff. What, when always... will we find out? When will we find out? Well, presumably after it comes out or is cancelled, and I feel uh, <laughs> and feel like it's okay to break the NDA, um, which is which is most likely on the current projects. It's going to get finished. <laughs> it's gonna... <laughs> Great, it's going to get finished. Um, yeah, how's how's work with you? Yeah, I've been back actually. First full week back. Um, yeah, not so bad. Uh, you know, for for many reasons, twenty twenty. You know, to to mirror the events of real life, uh, work was pretty tough last year. Um, and so, um, yeah, I was quite I was quite keen to, to have the break. I did got back to it. Yeah, feel reasonably optimistic. Um, got a good lineup this year. Should do well. So, uh, yeah, should be good. I think I did still wait for that call from Nintendo to tell us about a new Switch. Huh. Okay. Uh, but, you know, I've seen a few journalists um, this week tweeting, obviously, you know, uh, me being back on Twitter or reading Twitter more is an inevitability now I'm back at work, uh, you know, because mm. I use it for, you know, I have to know what's going on, Steve. Um, but a couple of journalists this week have gone, oh, you know, Switch is doing well, but I do think it's time for a new hardware revision. or, <laughs> or uh, Like, basically... Um, and like they're all heavily implying that one will come out before April, I think, mm. so that they can reference this tweet when they go, "Ah, we knew." Yeah, 
point is, at the moment, I don't know. So. <laughs> well, maybe maybe the reason Nintendo haven't been in touch with you is they listened to the show last week and they were like, oh, that guy knows. Knows already. He's already. No point, no point talking to him. Don't need to waste our time. He's got his finger on the pulse. Let's call Chris Dring. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see, yeah. But, um, yeah, so it's been the first week in the shed as well. So mm. um, I think I've mentioned before, previously I was working... Uh, from Dexter's bedroom. So Dexter comes comes over every fortnight, as we well know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, it's nice to have a separate space because that means every morning I'm not uninstalling the Roblox hacks that he's put in. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not trying to scrabble around to find ways to replace Yahoo as my default internet search <laughs> because he's just clicked through all this sort of stuff. So, yeah, I've got my own domain now. Quite happy about it. Uh, how's the heating holding up? Very well indeed. Um, yeah, still still almost too warm. Don't tell our QA manager. Right, time for the news? Let's do it. I did some prep this week, Simon. Yeah, I did too. I found it quite difficult, though. Uh, you know, I thought maybe the uh, the games industry uh, news cycle was was easing its way back into the new year, like you enter a hot bath. Because uh, I couldn't find a, I couldn't find much. Why don't we start with you then? Well, there are a few stories uh, I picked out, but I thought the one that you would be most interested in is the return of Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Did you see that? I did. When I was looking around, that news story was on every news site. Uh, so go on, what's the story? Did you pick it up on Switch? Because if you did, you might have been one of the 25,000 people uh, to pick up a copy of the game on Switch in the first three hours of release. That's not bad, is it? Well, it's very good. And of course, that's just the physical side of things, Steve, isn't it? That's from Limited Run. Mm. So um, they are a uh, publisher, a distributor of... Um, limited one-off editions of video games there are a few of these companies around obviously we've spoken to george from super rare which is our favorite one of course um frequently but limited run is one of their rivals and yeah they um they did the scott pilgrim game which has done very very well which i'm i'm not surprised because of the precedents mm, it's got it's got a bit of a history hasn't it well that's it so it was originally released is it 10 or 11 years ago um, august 2010 uh, was it on Xbox 360? Was that 10 Xbox, years ago? Yeah, Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. Uh, but it was only around for four years. Was it that long? I thought it was shorter than that. And then it was uh, delisted. Mm, delisted. It and was, no one uh, it was... knows why. Of course we know why. The license term. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, uh, it, was one of, uh, it was one of the first games that this sort of happened to, wasn't it? That um, people have talked for a while about the precariousness of digital games libraries that you could uh, you could own things or have access to things and then they could mysteriously disappear overnight and uh, suddenly people weren't available uh, weren't able to keep uh, uh, to buy Scott Pilgrim versus the world and of course when you move on from a system when you move on from your 360 to your Xbox one and now your series s slash X that game just disappears you've got no trace that you've bought it until last week, that is. So, yeah, I didn't buy it from Limited Run. Uh, I bought it. I bought it digitally. It was nice. It's nice to see it back. I introduced it to my daughter, of course. Who you know, my daughter's called Ramona, named after the character from Scott Pilgrim, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, she was entirely disinterested. <laughs> I mean, she she is a little young for it, but um, yeah, it was it was nice to see it back. I've only played through the first level again. Um, I think she wandered off to have some lunch, uh, but I did finish it, got to the first end of level boss, and it was good. It's got a cracking soundtrack, lovely little game, looking forward to enjoying it again. Of course, you know, I don't own it uh, physically, so there is every chance that the evil licensing lords will remove it from my library again. But um, I'd be surprised if that happens now, given that they've sort of almost seemed to celebrate the fact that it's returned and they've... They've um, included a lot of DLC, and I thought it was pretty reasonable. It was one of only like eleven ninety nine on the uh, store, 
And even though my Russian friend is in residence at the moment, Steve, I didn't. I, I bought it <laughs> myself. Actually, because actually, I bought it myself just in case Nintendo uh, get rid of the uh, the ease of which you can account link. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I guess, I guess in some way, uh, I'm preparing myself for um, yeah that being withheld from me again. Um, are, are you a fan? So I have never actually played it because isn't it? It's a scrolling beat 'em up, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I've never really got on with those games. I mean, since you know the original Streets of Rage, back on the back on the Mega Drive, never enjoyed them. Um, so I didn't play it when it first came out. Maybe I'll give it a shot this time. Give it a go. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a genre that uh, I. Uh, so my favourite squad being up is Double Dragon, of course. Uh, I've got fond memories of playing that in the college bar, 10 a go. Mm-hmm. If you always use the reverse elbow, you can get quite far on it, actually. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, many an hour was spent on 10p <laughs> playing Double Dragon. So yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a very polished but straightforward, uh, side scrolling beat em up. But yeah, I don't know. If, if you're a fan of the movie, the comic, uh, series, uh, indeed, of Anamanaguchi or Toronto. Uh, it ticks ticks all of those boxes, so comes thoroughly recommended. You know, now, my oh, sorry, sorry, I was going to say, you know, a friend of the show, Kieran Gillen, uh, introduced me to that comic book. Uh, he was the first person to mention it back before it was a thing because Kieran, yeah. you know, he knows, he knows that sort of thing. Uh, he actually he uh, he bought um, he bought me the first first trade. Is that what you call them? Let's say yes. Trade. He bought me the first trade, uh, and he said, "Steve, Steve, they've made a comic about you." Um, and I read it, and I thought, well, "That's nice of Kieran. This guy seems like a a nice guy." Um, and it was only sort of later that I realised the point of it is that Scott Pilgrim's a bit of a dick. <laughs> and thanks, Kieran. Didn't Kieran actually make a comic of you though? <laughs> <laughs> he also, yeah, he also did that. <laughs> Not before uh, Scott Pilgrim. Uh, I think that was after. I don't was know, it? It's all, all in the mist of time now, isn't it? The, I, I, I well, I, I, I do try and um, segregate uh, the specific details of our more successful friends. Do you know what I mean? I sort of, I sort of put them in a cupboard. So yeah, yeah. I know that. <laughs> he, did, he did photograph and all the other stuff, but uh, don't know when. Don't know much about it. I'm just I'm could have been ages quiet. ago. Exactly. <laughs> Well, leading on from that, sorry, go on. He's doing well, Batman now, you know. Is he? So he's done Star Wars and Batman. I'm not, you? I'm not kidding. He announced this week he's doing Batman. Did he? Yeah. Him him and Christian Bale, your nemeses. <laughs> They're taking everything from you, Simon. You know, I very nearly went to a wedding where Brian Lee O'Malley was going to be. It's going to be a lesbian wedding, my first ever. Uh-huh. Brian Lee O'Malley was going to be there. I was excited about that. It was going to be in Toronto. It was going to be brilliant. Got called off, didn't it? Sorry. Simon never got to go. I could have been in Scott. But Scott Pilgrim 2 could have been about me. Yeah, you could have told him that you know the person that the first one based on. <laughs> All right. right have you got, a, have you got well, another let's news move, story? Let's move to let's this move new story on. I've been threatening about. Um, okay. Ba, 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 ba. It's from VG247. Uh, you talked about uh, the Xbox Series S and S. So from VG247, headline, A Way Out and Brothers developer Joseph Fares thinks Xbox Series X is a effing confusing name. Uh, Don Pepiat writes, The Xbox Series X and S naming convention has been the cause of a lot of conversations since it was announced, and it appears even... A Way Out and Brothers developer Joseph Fares thinks it's a confusing name. I mean, even he does. And he's normally very tolerant, as we well know. I, mean, I saw this news story on my uh, wander through the sites, uh, trying to pick up the news uh, for One Life Last News section. And I um, I dismissed it because I was like, Did you? so? But I mean, don't we all think that? Isn't, well, how is this news? Well, I think it's news in the same way that interviews with Jack... Not Jack Black. Who's the guy? Um, who's the game developer that wrote Black? Um, Jack Black. Was it Jack Black? Let's say so. He always swore in his interviews, didn't he? And that's uh. what appears this Joseph <laughs> Fares does as well in order to generate news. So, uh, so second paragraph. Fares, known for his candid and energetic interviews, has told IGN that the naming convention of the latest Xbox machines is effing confusing. And they've they've stopped using asterisks there. So they actually wow. use the whole world. 
It's a hard word. Um, so he goes on. That's an effing. Sorry, so, so it's when I say effing, it's written mm-hmm. out. I mean, you know, the actual full offensive. thing. Okay. Yeah, I had to look it up. That's that's a effing confusing name. Fares said in the colourfully transcribed interview. What the f's going on with Microsoft? They're losing it, man. What the f is going on? <laughs> like Series S, X, Meh. Sorry, S, X, Mex, Next. He starts rapping. I mean, who knows this? Come on, madness. Call it the Microsoft box and that's it. I don't know. It's a total effing mess. Trust me, even them, they're confused in their offices. What is this XS? I don't know. What the F? Right. Thanks. Thanks, Joseph. Cool, <laughs> thanks. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's, he's just reffing, isn't it? It's just the start of some stand-up material. He's just uh, well, He's just working on. So, uh, towards the end of the story, um, it's not the first time Fares has made headlines for his interesting interview technique either. He first attracted infamy for his F the Oscars speech at 2017's The Game Awards. He's also been an outspoken critic of players that obsess over length of replayability and intentionally goes out of his way to F the S up. Wow. It then ends the story saying, Fares' next game, It Takes Two, promises to give players a fresh new take on the challenges of working together and launches for PC, Xbox One and PlayStation 4. Sorry, don't you mean it should be uh, a fresh new take on effing the S up? <laughs> Joseph, what's the matter with you? Anyway, there you go. There's somebody who swears a lot who doesn't like the naming convention of the new Xboxes. Epic. That's what constitutes new. <laughs> Epic are submitting a claim against Google and Apple to the UK Competition Appeal Tribunal. That's according to GamaSutra.com. They're taking both Apple and Google to the UK Competition Appeal Tribunal over the decision to remove Fortnite from the respective platforms. In claims submitted to CAT in December of last year, which have only just surfaced, What was that noise? <laughs> what was Probably that epic. noise? I've no idea. It was <laughs> some kind of vehicle rumbling past my hand. Okay. Um, epic have alleged that both Apple and Google have abused their dominant position in the iOS and Android app distribution market by unfairly restricting competition and reserving to themselves the sole payment processing mechanism for purchases of in-app content. So uh, this continues to rumble on, much like the traffic outside my London apartment. Um, Do you think this is going anywhere, Simon? Do you think this is going anywhere except to a quiet decision that we made out of court uh, with some money-changing hands and us never hearing about it? Yeah, I've, I've... I haven't kept up with it. I've lost a little bit of track of it. And to be honest with you, I also saw that news story, not on Gamma Sutra, Gamma Sutra. Mm. Um, and I decided it was too boring to include it in is the quite news. Boring, isn't it? So I, um, I, I picked other ones. Yeah, like, you know, you know, it'd be what we should really do is we should combine the last two news stories. Uh, so if this was a headline, it was, it was something like Epic. Uh, submits claims against Google uh, semicolon intends to f the s up, um, <laughs> and that'd be the best of both worlds. Well, it? and also I wasn't sure because the other epic news that was out last week, I wasn't sure where, where, which one it was going to be. Steve, I thought perhaps mm. it might be the Star Wars Battlefront one. What's that? Well, they get they they are currently giving away Star Wars Battlefront Two Celebration Edition, which I already own on three other formats and mm. barely play. Mm. Uh, but but I still still nonetheless claimed it on uh, Epic just in case. Um, but they've given it away on the Epic Game Store as part of their free game a week, and the servers fell over. No, all the stormtroopers fell over. <laughs> Jar Jar Binks has fallen over. Um, okay. Yeah, they, um, all the servers fell over, but it's okay now because it's been sorted. Oh, great. Good That's, good news story. Yeah. Then. Well, in other things then that barely constitute news, I was um I was confused to read this made it as some news. Headline mm-hmm. Microsoft, Amazon and Google are targeting big names for buyouts, journalist claims. Uh, subhead Sony and EA are also said to be driving acquisition discussions as games thrive during the pandemic. So uh, the story goes, Microsoft, Amazon and Google are actively seeking further video game company acquisitions with at least three deals going on right now. That's according to BWW Media Group's Brad Sams, a journalist <laughs> specialised in Microsoft-related news. Where do you, which, country, which country do we think Brad Sams is from? Um, 
Speaking in a new video show, Sam said he personally knew of multiple game acquisitions that could be completed in the near future. <laughs> I've been hearing a lot of conversations behind closed doors about acquisitions in the industry. There's a lot of moving things going on right now, he said. Incredible. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> some some deals are going to happen. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm, hearing a lot, to... I'm hearing a lot about it. I'm hearing a lot oh, about it, Steve. Oh, okay. You know, word on the industry grapevine is that things are going to be happening soon. Word on the One Life Left uh, gossip channels are that uh, there's some big games coming out later in the year. Okay, yeah. There's going to be some big releases hitting, uh, hitting Can't the market. Say when. Yeah. Just, well, I'm hearing quarter four, <laughs> just uh, just oh, yeah. before, in the run up to Christmas, there are going to be some huge titles on, uh, on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series oh. S and X. Um, you heard it here first, Brad Sams. Yeah, uh, also hearing that at some point in the next five years, Nintendo are going to be releasing some uh, new hardware. Sometime next four months. (laughs) (laughs) Keep up. Well, what else you got? Um, This is a a fairly big news story, I think. Universal uh, are delaying opening uh, Super Nintendo World again due to COVID-19. Their new theme park... Uh, based in Tokyo, was going to launch on February the 4th of this year. So that's, you know, under a month away. Uh, But they pushed it back again because of COVID, um, which seems quite sensible. Um, The thing is, they haven't given a new date, which again seems quite sensible because Japan is experiencing a resurgence of COVID at the moment. And even the Olympics, which is meant to be happening this year, is, you know, still a bit questionable, isn't it? Um, you excited about Super Nintendo World? Yes, I can. I can never see how I'm ever gonna go, but I would love to think that one day uh, I would be there. Yeah, yeah, it'd be you know a Nintendo themed theme park. Come on, I can see exactly how you are gonna go and how I am going to go. What on one life left expenses? <laughs> on expenses, <laughs> and uh, we were talking this week about uh, big birthdays, weren't we? It is. I'm fifty this year. So, in that case, uh, we should we should all be uh, booking flights out to celebrate all of our parties, right? All of our all tomorrow's it's nev- parties. It's never going to open, though, is it? <laughs> is it? Can, you, can you ever see us getting out of this? We're going to be stuck in our sheds uh, forever. Well, it's if not- Super Nintendo World, if we can't go to Super Nintendo World, maybe we can bring Super Nintendo World to us. Uh, you've got a shed. You've got land to develop on. I was, um, I actually, so um, there hasn't been much visual progression, uh, as mm-hmm. you can see in the shed. It's still, it's been um, referred to twice this week on work, on um, work calls as looking like I'm in a sauna. Because uh, <laughs> there isn't any, and my buff got a top on um, for most of my work yeah, calls. Stay. Not all of them, obviously. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not an idiot. Uh, so I do need to actually put some art up here or some mm-hmm. some stuff to show you know, because you wouldn't have art in a sauna, would you? It goes all crinkly, as we well know. <laughs> um, uh, I am gonna. I've got um, a very kind Christmas gift. Uh, I got given the Super Mario Lego, which I am gonna put on this wall on a nice. small shelf. It'll okay. be there. So I guess, in a sense. We could charge people to come to my shed. It'd be like, oh my goodness. It'd be like one of those winter blunderlands, wouldn't it? (laughs) We could set up the, you know, the, um, those, uh, radio controlled cars. Yeah, Mario Kart Live. Mario Kart Live. We could set that up as well. Right. Yep. Uh, Bouncy Castle with some knockoff Mario art on the outside. Kirby Castle. Kirby Castle. Uh, yeah. Sell some. Yoshi cakes, just some green looking cakes with some, some something. Inside. I'm in. I'm in. Come in. Egg. Uh, so, is, is is there just one uh, theme park opening at the moment, and that's in Japan? Is that right? Well, I heard that they were that they were coming to the states as well. Is that not right? That there's, uh, but presumably the Japan one's going to lead. Uh, well, okay. Well, fingers crossed. Let's try. Let's try and get there, shall we? Um, you know, I would prefer it if they behave like a more traditional English fair, like, you know, a bunch mm-hmm. of gypsies <laughs> driving, driving around in lorries uh, with knockoff artwork, um, doing like a 
Walter style. Um, what would that be? Something goes. I don't know. I'm, this I'm not, is I'm it, not, Simon. Not... This is this is our. We are going to develop the unlicensed Super Nintendo world for Britain. We're going to have it in Hitchin, and it's going to be. Uh, we need a name for it. Uh, Super Mario World. Very good. Thanks. If you've got any ideas for theme park rides or what have you, please do email team at onelifeleft.com. Now, talking... Oh. Well, no, I've got a couple of other news stories, actually. Um, talking of Japan, I thought this was genuinely interesting, actually. Uh, according to IGN, Nintendo Switch accounted for 87% of all consoles sold in Japan in 2020. With nearly 6 million units sold, Nintendo Switch consoles accounted for 87% of console sales in Japan 2020. According to Famitsu Kadoka data via GamesIndustry.biz, the normal Nintendo Switch normal, sold 3.9 million units, while the Switch Lite sold over 2 million. There were 6.85 million consoles sold in Japan in 2020, and PS4 came in second place with around 543,000 units. Now, this is what I found interesting. PS5 sold over 255,000 units. So mm-hmm. the normal... Base PS4, um, 543,000. PS5, only out for a couple of months. Not even that. 255,000. That's that's a reasonable start, isn't it? That makes sense, though, doesn't it? I mean, it is... uh, For those numbers, it's kind of a perfect storm for Nintendo because they released this update of the hardware, which is going to get lots of people to rebuy the Switch. Um, The two other formats... Uh, the Xbox and the PlayStation 4 are going to the coming to the end of their life and people are sort of holding on for the PS5 at least. And when the PS5 comes out, yeah, it sells 250,000, which is a lot, but it's right at the end of the year and numbers are limited. Um, so, I mean, I assume 255K represents a complete sellout of the PS5. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'd be more interested to see what the numbers are going to be this year uh, sorry, were those numbers just for Japan? Yes, just for yeah. Japan. So how do Microsoft do in Japan these days? How well, uh, yeah, not not particularly well uh, from what I recall. Um, and uh, IGN doesn't even mention mm-hmm. um, how Xbox has done. So, um, yeah, it's not their strongest market, is it? Uh, mm. But, yeah, I don't know the exact figures because IGN hasn't told me. <laughs> And you said you had a, a second news story as well, a final well, news story. Well, this um, highlighted just the, just the mess of um, buying games digit- for, for the same format, but across digital stores. So Hitman 3's Epic Store exclusivity means Hitman 2 levels won't be free after all. This was the original story. So owners of the first two games were, sp- were supposed to get maps from those games free, but on PC that will only work with Hitman 1. Uh, in August 2020, IO Interactive said ahead of the start of Hitman 3 pre-orders that players will, players will be able to import their progression and unlock some Hitman 2, as well as locations from previous two games, and no extra charge. Uh, this quote I liked. We want to make it a seamless process for our PC players to enjoy Hitman 3 on a different PC platform and continue to enjoy the benefits of our world of assassination, the studio <laughs> promised. The benefits of our world of assassination. That's a rival theme park for us to say. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> So, um, uh, but yeah, that's led into complications where it's not clear, uh, given that Hitman 3, I think, is an Epic Store exclusive. It's not clear how owners of the previous game will be able to bring that content across. To its credit, it's, it's his, I was going to say it's Epic Game Store, but him, Tim Sweeney, has, has clarified that the team's looking into this with IO. He said it's never Epic's intent to create a situation where someone who owns a game on Steam would have to buy it again on Epic Game Store to get the full benefits of it, which is entirely right. You know, you think you're, if you're playing, you own something on pc you should be able to in an ideal world enjoy Mm. um uh cross store benefits but uh yeah that's unresolved at the moment but yeah a messy situation which is hopefully going to be improved over the coming week who knows maybe we'll follow up next week steve perfect right is that the end of the news that's the end of my news is the end of your news it's the end of my news okay thank you simon thank you steve one life left video game news with Anne Scantleberry.
Okay, we're back. This is One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. You're listening to a bit of chip tune music, or maybe you've just finished listening to it. Depends how Simon edits the show, really. I can't tell you what that music is, uh, but you can find out more at www.onelifeleft.com in the show notes there. That's where you can download our podcast if you're listening to us on Resonance 104.4 FM. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast already, well done. Thanks. That's great. Like and subscribe. <laughs> uh, so obviously there aren't any sort of Marioki updates at the moment or real world thing. I mean, by now we'd be getting excited about where we were going to be traveling this year, mm, wouldn't we? I know, I know. And that seems, you know, <laughs> it seems, seems like we're not going to get back to that uh, very soon, although we are keeping our fingers crossed for... Uh, at least some Marioki events in the UK later in the year. We do, I think I can confidently say, have an exceptional Marioki video dropping later this week. Uh, I can't talk about that. But if you're listening to the podcast uh, on Wednesday, I think probably will be out by then. Uh, So please, please, please make sure you uh, check into the Marioki YouTube channel, pop by the Discord, find out what that is, or presumably look at the top of Reddit because it will be going viral. <laughs> will uh, it? Well, <laughs> it's another shot at that. I think it's a clever, 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 clever video. I didn't make it, so okay. I wrote half the song. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, that's right. It's, it's 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 good. Is uh, it a new song? It's a new song. Brand yeah. new song. Video Brand- single. Brand new song with a brand new video put together by a friend of One Life Left, Weasel Spoon. And uh, yeah, uh, I think (laughs) it's it's difficult to know, right? Like we're going to put it out there and presumably it's going to get 300 views and nothing will happen. But I think it's brilliant. and I think it's got I think it's got more chance than anything we've ever released before wow. to okay. to to go hashtag viral. Uh, but that's a lottery, isn't it? Well, I can I can tell you what what is likely to happen mm-hmm. uh, is that my son will no doubt start up a, mar- a video game karaoke uh, <laughs> <laughs> service yeah. or um, entertainment brand. Uh, yeah, he's launched a podcast. Yeah, I heard. I heard this. It's got, it's got a Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> the hell is going on? He sent me a note saying, my podcast is going to run your podcast out of town. Right, okay. And I mean... I'm, like, I'm thinking like, Dexter, one day all of this will be yours. <laughs> Why are you trying to destroy it from within? But it's no, uh, he's got... Um, he's put... Uh, the, I think he's put a, t- a teaser up on Spotify. Has again. He? We're not on Spotify. He's got a patron. He's buying Bitcoin. He's on Spotify. Um, he's we are on Spotify. Oh, are we? Like and subscribe, Simon. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I thought that was that only played Muse, actually. Or actually, <laughs> or, sorry, to be more realistic in our household, let it go um, from the Frozen soundtrack. Oh, okay, right. I, maybe I will check that out. Um, but I'm hoping... For next week's show to, because uh, we don't have a guest again this week, apologies. Mm-hmm. Hoping for next week's show to uh, to pass over a canned interview with him, where I'm really? going to grill him on his intentions for his podcast, and we'll find out exactly what he's up to. All okay, right? that's that's you know that might work in our favour. A little bit of uh, cross promotion. Oh, he's 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 very excited about coming on. What's his uh, podcast called? Level Jumpers, I think. Okay. Level jumpers, right? They, like that. Excellent. I'm I'm super, super excited. Look forward to that next week, then. Um, we should get on with the letters, shouldn't we? We should get on with the letters. Email, messages, and I know we've had one this week. We have had just the one. Well, we also had your correction. That was on Twitter, though, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, we dealt with that. We dealt with that. Okay. Um, Robert Wells, uh, aforementioned Weasel Spoon, writes, Hello, team. Hello, SSG. I've just bought the first apparel released by Read Only Memory. They've done a t-shirt with the Team Sonic logo and one with the Bitmap Brothers logo. The Bitmap Brothers t-shirt is black print on a black shirt and is possibly the sneakiest gaming design I've seen. You'd be hard pressed to spot the print was even there. I love it. 
What's the best gaming item to wear that you've seen? If there isn't a Triforce Signet ring, I'd be very surprised. Pip Pip Roberts. Well, that's a good question. Of course, it's difficult to answer because I'm sat here in a curved digital hoodie, <laughs> uh, which I which is in the shed. I just, you know, I think I um, not necessarily needed indoors, but I but I needed to wear to wear it on the walk to the shed. So uh, yeah, I don't. Um, Obviously, we've got some pretty decent Marioki t-shirts. I do like the sound of this Bitmap Brothers, Bitmap Brothers one. Now, they, I mean, again, this seems really reflective of the Bitmap Brothers values, doesn't it? Because they were arguably the the the, uh, the first cool game development studio um, that we'd ever seen. Well, they wore shades, of, didn't they, in their interviews? Of Ray-Bans. Yeah. Of Ray-Bans. And Eric Matthews had nice hair. <laughs> Um, yeah, that was all. Um, that was all driven by. I think they were working with. Were they working with Virgin at the time? Mm. Uh, or maybe Renegade. One, one of the two. But uh, yeah, they were. They had to. Uh, maybe actually, yeah. I, w- I would love to know how many actual press, how many photo shoots it really was. Maybe it was just that one. Uh, but um, yeah, that was the reputation that they got. Uh, so I'm interested to see the bit about this one. Um, Steve, you're more of a gaming merch person than me, are you? Well, sort of. Uh, I have quite a few. We, I used to get sent them all the time uh, when when I was a journalist at Edge. Got sent tons of gaming t-shirts and would not wear any of them. Um, so I had a I have a rule of thumb. I think it's always a bad idea to wear a t-shirt of the uh, industry that you are in to an industry event. So you shouldn't wear gaming t-shirts at gaming events, I think. Okay. Uh, so wear a music t-shirt at a gaming event or wear a gaming t-shirt to a music event or something. Uh, because maybe then you'll meet somebody who has shared interests. You know, like someone, and also less likely to be wearing the same t-shirt as someone at that event. And yeah, uh, so that was rule of thumb. I've, so I very, very rarely wear gaming t-shirts. I do have one. Uh, that I wear quite a lot, which is from uh, which was sent in 2001. Still wear it today. Still in good nick. Can still fit into it as well. <laughs> uh, Would you uh, never say the same if you were sent some trousers? <laughs> <laughs> Would you? <laughs> Thankfully, gaming trousers not a thing. <laughs> well, uh, maybe we should make it one. <laughs> um, an incredible crisis T-shirt. Yes. Uh, which uh, which has a sort of uh, a picture of the star of Incredible Crisis on the front, uh, which is a you know a sort of dorky middle-aged man. Uh, glasses balding um, and what's brilliant is that when I was you know 24 wore that and slowly over the years still wearing <laughs> and I'm turning into the guy or have turned into the guy uh, on the front of the shirt um, so you are what you wear I guess uh, have you played that recently? Incredible Crisis yeah. I haven't I did install it on my Playstation Mini though uh, first thing I did when I got my PlayStation Mini, was I hacked it? Of course. Uh, and I put on legally, all, legally, because I own the ROMs. And <laughs> I put on. Well, I actually do because what I did was I put on all of the games that I used to play on my PlayStation when I was a student. So uh, the the sort of fifteen games that made me, I guess, uh, back then. Uh, some of which are hits, and some of which are not so much. And one of which was Incredible Crisis. And uh, the second thing I did uh, with my PlayStation Mini uh, was unplug it and put it in a cupboard and never use it again. Mm. Uh, it's always the way, isn't it? I'm sort of umming and ahhing about um, buying a full-size main cabinet for the shed. Um, mm. uh, yeah, I think it'll be a little bit of a squeeze in here, but I, I like the idea of being able to, to, to play, you know, finally finish Scramble, uh, you know, Clock Donkey Kong or what have you. But I, I know that I won't ever play it. And it will just serve as a convert. It's a very expensive. Might as well just get a cardboard cutout. Yeah. Stick it there for all, uh, for all of the um, play that it will get. So, um, yeah, currently I am not going to be getting an arcade cabinet. But, you know, when we do the year roundup, let's reflect on the arcade cabinet that I'm, I've, I've squeezed into the shed and that I haven't got any space to do the radio show. 
All right. Thank you for all of your letter this week. Uh, well, we, we, we had ooh. another one, um, okay. which was uh, from Channel 4, wasn't it? We did have a letter from Channel 4. A cease now. and desist. <laughs> it was from um, a publicist at Channel 4 called Dingley, who actually I know. Uh, she used to work with my wife at Nickelodeon. Um, and she... Uh, I thought, in terms of as, as a pitch, I thought this was perfect. Um, Letters. She's, she's, she's named us by name. Obviously, she's not listening to current shows, is she? Mm-hmm. Or she's just been respectful of Anne's, you know, knowing that Anne will be back. Knowing that Anne um, will come back, yeah. Uh, she says, I do hope you are. I want to put Dead Pixel Series 2 on your radar. It's the E4 original gaming comedy from British writer John Brown, who also has writing credits on Veep and Succession and stars Charlotte Ritchie, Alexa Davis and Will Merrick. Um, she says, you may or may not be familiar with the first series, but in 2019, The Guardian said it was gut-bustingly funny. Sharping sitcom of 2019. Uh, so she's offered uh, them to come on the show, uh, which, um, you know, I could have uh, cleared this with you in, in advance, Steve, but, you know, that won't occupy a couple of minutes of radio, will it? Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to check whether we should pre-record one with them. I think that's a fantastic idea. We definitely should. Yeah. Okay. I will. I will follow up this week, and we might maybe drop in a lunchtime uh, show and uh, drop that into a into a, a show coming up. Not next Good. week though, because we've got Dexter booked. He's going to be taking the whole show. I know it. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> we shall. We shall see how cocky he is when he's got a when he's under the the one life left spotlight. Shall we? Yeah. Grill him. All right. Uh, if you want to write to one life left. Uh, for next week's packed show, uh, please email team at onelifeleft.com. One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. Resonance is a station, a radio station in London, and you should be listening to it. It's got some brilliant, brilliant, brilliant shows, quite apart from this one. Uh, my name is Steve Curran. I'm Simon Byron. And I remembered a bit of news. Oh, yeah? I did. Uh, a bit of news. Did you see the news about Disney's IP? Uh, specifically Star Wars. Well, not specifically Star Wars. Okay. Uh, so Disney... They've got uh, other IPs. They, they do, other IPs. They announced um, a couple of games this week. Um, it was... Uh, so Ubi... So so Star Wars license, 
that used to be EA's exclusively. And it isn't anymore, right? Mm, make of that what you will. Mm, uh, well, what we can make of it is that uh, Ubisoft are going to be making a, um, a Star Wars game. Um, this is going to be an open-world single-player adventure game. Is it? I think so. I thought it was from the Division team. And so my fear was it was going to be like that. Because, I I mean, I've, I've played both Divisions for an hour or so, and I, I just... Yeah, I found it pretty standard. Uh, I, I can hear you clicking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I am literally. I I just googled Star Wars and Massive, um, and I found on on Massive that's the studio, uh, uh, Massive Entertainment, who are a Swedish studio who uh, we've uh, we've run into at Nordic Game before. Uh, on their website, it says a new Star Wars experience. In January 2021, it was announced that we are collaborating with Disney and Lucasfilm Games on a new story-driven open-world video game set in the Star Wars galaxy. So, indeed, it doesn't say single-player there. It says, okay, uh, I, I mean, obviously, story-driven open world. I prefer, yeah, I prefer if it was single-player, please. Mm, but that that wasn't the only uh, only game that Lucasfilm uh, announced um, this week. I'm just going to find the press release for that as well while you guess what it is. I'm not sure I can, Steve. Okay. Mickey Mouse. All right. Uh, <laughs> here we go. Uh, this is from Bethesda.net. Lucasfilm Games and Bethesda uh, yes. announce yes. a new Indiana Jones game. Uh, January 12th today Lucasfilm Games and Bethesda Softworks announced a new Indiana Jones game being developed by the award winning studio Machine Games and executively produced by games industry icon Todd Howard of Bethesda Game Studios so we don't know he is an icon isn't he he is an icon I'm going to get actually I I mean I was thinking about getting um, a picture of a tennis player (laughs) lifting a skirt (laughs) or a man holding a cat uh, up on the hill but I'm not I'm going to get a picture big old uh, picture of Todd Howard yeah, yeah, I'm going to get him up there, Icon. So all we know about this is, well, we know nothing really, uh, apart from what I've just told you. They released a teaser video, which is just a pan across uh, a desk uh, with some dusty tomes on it. And then a hat is lifted up to reveal a whip beneath it. Um, I and, bet Naughty uh, Dog were angry, weren't they? <laughs> well, uh, they've, uh, they've, they've, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess... The point is that um, Indy's coming back to claim what's rightfully his, which is wow. a good bit of uh, of raiding of native cultures for artifacts that don't belong to them. Like <laughs> are you uh, are you excited? As someone who has long been completely nonplussed by Uncharted games, uh, but did love Fate of Atlantis. Back in the day, uh, yeah, I've got, I've got high hopes. Maybe, uh, maybe brilliant. Um, certainly not going to be a cheap game, is it? And uh, you would imagine they'll be getting trying to get Harrison involved for one last job. Mm. So it's interesting, isn't it? Because Machine Games have done um, Wolfenstein: The New Order. Is that right? Okay. Uh, Shooter of the Year. As they've, it doesn't look. Yeah, on their site, it doesn't say they've done anything else. Um, they were bought by uh, Zenimax, who own Bethesda. Uh, it's an internal studio. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I hope it's not a first-person shooter, makes... first-person whipper. Thinking about it, it's quite clever from Microsoft, isn't it? Because um, if, you, if you're positioning this as Microsoft's own Uncharted, uh, then why would you go for yeah. Uncharted when you've got, you know, got the real deal exclusive to Xbox? All right, um, time for reviews. 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 What have you been playing, Simon? Well, I have been continuing to play um, Immortals Phoenix Rising. Phoenix. Um, Yeah, which is Ubisoft's Breath of the Wild and beginning to get a little bit on my nerves in that uh, yes it's very polished yes once you get to puzzles um and rifts uh, which are what they call their shrines because they're not shrines they're rifts exactly the same roll some balls around 
Um, <laughs> oh, is it uh, a rolling thing? Is it that that? It has 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 some of them. Oh, not um not physically tilting no, your switch. Still, thankfully. Okay. Yeah, it's got some of that. Well, it's, got, it's quite almost identical Zelda-style powers where you sort of pick things up and move them around. Yeah, so yeah, and you know, it's fine. You know, actually, I've defeated a couple of boss characters without having to look on the internet to how to do it, right? Okay. So I felt pretty good about that. But, uh, you know, I talked last week about how I do like Ubisoft. I do like Ubisoft, but sometimes I do think that they are guilty of really colouring over the lines. And that, you know, mm-hmm. whereas Breath of the Wild... Uh, was all about this sort of unexpected discovery of you know what's just around the corner, what's just over that hill, what's just down that uh, down that ledge or what have you. Um, the map in uh, Phoenix Rising is just just full. It's full of stuff to do, and some of it you you're not entirely clear whether it's stuff you need to do or whether it's optional. And I found myself um, it was like oh here's here's a new mission this week now you know we're both fathers of, of, of young children we don't have a huge amount of time to waste on video games so every moment's important but it's like oh, okay there's a new there's a new missions available here or a new um objective i'm like okay cool i'll do that uh, so i did that i went tra- i traversed the map to get there i then entered this rift and a pop-up goes oh here's a taster from the expansion pack you can buy through the season oh. pass yeah and i felt quite dirty quite dirty yeah. Um, that's, that's nice. So, yeah, I've not gone back to it, really, and I, I'm not sure that I will. I mean, I've got stuff st- stacking up. Um, so, yeah, I was enjoying it, but, you know, I've already bought your game. Stop trying to sell me mm. more stuff. Mm. So that, you know, remains a 7 out of 10. Um, the other thing that I've quite enjoyed doing, actually, and it was the thing that I did, actually, to be fair to me, last year, say that I would set myself up to be able to do and probably never do, um, I've been playing Cyberpunk on my phone using GeForce Now and the Razer Cushy controller, and it's huh. been working absolutely fine. Um, I've been able, you know, it takes a couple of minutes uh, to boot from the Android uh, home screen uh, into Cyberpunk. Really seamless experience in terms of syncing your, your I'm, I'm playing it on GOG, so syncing your latest play file up and running. And yeah, you know, if you need to get from one side of the city to another, you can just spend a couple of minutes doing that if you're doing a, a couple of brain dance missions, which I've been doing, Steve, which, which uh, you can approach at a much more leisurely pace. Uh, ideal for just sort of getting that, getting that, that busy work done. So, um, yeah, I've been, I've, I've really enjoyed that, actually. And I've, I've found that um, it's, it's, it's keeping me going in between the, the main amount of times I'm able to sit down and properly boot up side of punk and get cracking on it. So, uh, yeah, that's going well. Congratulations all involved. 7 out of 10. I have been playing uh, loads of games for the first time uh, this year. I made a concerted effort to play some new things and uh, five things. Played five things this week. Uh, played a game called Psycho Cat The Door, which attracted me because of its name. Um, it is a very, very simple uh, move left, right, down the tunnel, uh, avoid obstacles. Uh, quite like the aesthetics of it. Uh, it's basically not playable, and it does that reverse controls thing. Uh, very, very annoying. 7 out of 10. Played a game called Dungeons and Puzzles, which attracted me because it was uh, a uh, dungeon crawler like Sokoban, you know, pushing crates around. It's actually not like Sokoban. Um, it's one of those games, I don't know if you've ever played them, but they're on a grid where you push in one direction and your character won't stop until it hits yeah. something and then you push in another. You've got to solve puzzles like that. I uh, quite enjoyed it. Didn't play it for very, very long. Uh, played it for about half an hour. Thought it was, it was pretty good. Um, two games that I played, um, which I thought were pretty decent. Um, Turn Tack, which is a obvious how should I put it it's been heavily inspired by uh, Limbo and Inside if you've played either of those games you'll recognise this straight off the bat you're a girl with glowing white hair and you're escaping from something at the start Um, other influences Aztec culture Uh, I enjoyed the aesthetic and confidence I Uh, You know, I'm being generous, I think, to say that it's inspired. Other people would say it's just a wholesale reskin of one of those games. Um, And ultimately, I found it too frustrating to continue past half an hour. I played a game called Super Cable Boy, which is 
another straight off the bat uh, almost steal from Super Meat Boy. It looks like that game and it feels like that game. But I really enjoyed it. Uh, you play a retro game system moving through this world. It's a bit more narrative than uh, Super Meat Boy. Um, similarly, very, very hard precision platforming, but the controls feel nice. And you pick up these extra powers, which give it a Metroidvania uh, kind of feel as well, allowing you to get to different parts of the levels. Um, played that for about an hour and a half, and I probably will go back to it as well, uh, just because it's easy. Uh, you know that feeling where you don't really want to get involved with games that you don't know, but you want a new experience with a game that you do know? This is exactly that. It's just quite slickly made. But the game that I really, really want to talk about and finish with is Sunlight. Have you heard of Sunlight? I've not heard of Sunlight, Steve. So Sunlight is uh, made by our friends at Krillbyte, Norwegian game studio, uh, who've done brilliant, brilliant things in the past, like Among the Sleep, and they made Mosaic as well, mm. uh, which I remember seeing with you at... Which games mm. conference was that? Was it Game... Unite Berlin. Unite Berlin, that's right. It was in Germany. Um, and we were eating our potatoes for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> so they uh, they make beautiful and brilliant, brilliant games. Uh, great studio. And this is a slight departure from them. It's a straight-up art game where you wander through a forest. I'm not going to say much more than that, other than there is a narrative uh, which is delivered to you as you walk through the forest and it's all quite gentle and easy you will complete it in one sit- sitting but it is a game that you'll remember uh, and it took me according to Steam 0.6 hours from beginning to end and I really really enjoyed it um, so please uh, take some time to have a look at that and if you think you like it give it a shot 7 out of 10 you have been busy haven't you <laughs> I have. Well, there's been the thing is there's a cricket m- test match on at the moment, so yeah. I, I need something to do in between balls, <laughs> uh, at like four o'clock in the morning when uh, the Sri Lanka match starts. Good. All right. Well, that's probably it, Steve, isn't it, for this week? I think it is. Uh, I've enjoyed it. Thank you, Simon. Good. Yes, me too. Talking nice to, to you. you. Uh, Thank you to everybody who's listened to us, whether you're listening on Resonance 104.4 FM or whether you're listening to the podcast, which is available at www.onelifeleft.com. Either way, there'll be another episode for you next week. But until then... Until then, goodbye! Goodbye!